Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 42. Two questions for you. One, do you know anyone on the planet who doesn't want success in the coming year? And two, do you know anyone who isn't worried about achieving success in the coming year? Whether it's labor shortages, supply line disruptions, or just the impact of inflation, success in 2022 is an uncertainty. And worrying about that can keep you up at night which is not okay with us here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. So today, we bring you the second installment of our Quarter 4 Business Impact Series. We feature the best of the best in corporate leadership, the thought leaders and the innovators, the ones the CEOs call when they need help. Whether you're the CEO of a multinational corporation or the CEO of your family, Each episode gives you what you need so you can get the sleep you need. You get the insights and solutions you need now to have success in 2022 and beyond. Subscribe now to get each episode from the trusted advisors featured in the Business Impact Series. Today's guest is Dr. Rachel M.K. Headley, CEO of Rose Group International. Rachel and her team help executives and their teams become more adaptable, integrate acquisitions more smoothly, improve accountability, and execute on strategic initiatives. RGI evaluates chaos tolerance, yep, chaos tolerance, and blends leadership, project management, and change management frameworks to develop talent in companies that seek to be more competitive now and into the future. Listen and learn why understanding tolerance for chaos is integral to success. What you can do as a leader to create an environment where people can thrive. And how to know when to look at management for solutions and when to look inward. Let's listen in. Hello, Rachel, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Well, hi, thanks so much for having me. You are quite welcome. And I'm really excited, actually, for our conversation. You know, I I, uh, talked with Jennifer Eggers in a a recent episode, and um, it was a great conversation. And she said, you know, hey, I know somebody you should talk to. And of course, you were that person. So uh, so I'm really looking forward to what we get into. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um, you know, as we all know, as anybody who's, you know, had their ear, their head above the ground uh, as for the past uh, 18 months uh, or so, we know there's so much uncertainty in the world right now. Uh, but there are some things that are are clear and that we're seeing kind of as, I guess, fallout from the pandemic. And they are things that have really significant impacts for, for leaders and uh, particularly as they plan for the coming year. I mean, just a few of them. For one thing, people are tired, right? We've heard of Corona-somnia, you know, making its <laughs> debut, right? <laughs> um, also, people are dealing with more anxiety and depression, which, of course, you know, all of these things are things that can affect presenteeism, which is really, you know, getting um, a lot of, um, you know, time, people talking about presenteeism. And then, of course, the big one, you know, people talking about um, how people are leaving their jobs and, and whether it's the great resignation, as some are suggesting, or even I read recently about the great reshuffle. Um, that was uh, Lawrence Katz, a professor of economics from Harvard. And he said maybe people are just leaving because with all these new openings, people are looking for opportunities, you know, so who knows? But the bottom line is um, there uh, there may you know, there, there are fewer people doing more things and uh, they're more tired. They may be, you know, anxious, depressed. And as leaders planning for the coming year, they really need to take all that into consideration if they are going to be able to have success in the coming year. And so that's where what you do really stands out in my mind as critical because you're really talking about how to let these people that are tired and maybe, you know, less than they might be otherwise, how do we really help them um, do their best? How do we help them want to stay too, because they're getting more fulfillment from their jobs, all those kind of things. So can we, can we get into a little bit, Rachel, um, you know, what you're seeing uh, along uh, in, you know, at this time with all this stuff going on, what your insights are given your unique kind of perspective and the unique work that you do. And then maybe we can wind up with a few suggestions uh, or possibly strategies for leaders as they plan for the coming year. Yeah. Well, people are almost always at the top of CEOs minds anyway. And then with the pandemic in the last year and a half, it's just been totally uh, ramped up beyond what we could probably all imagine. Mm-hmm. And what we're, what we study is we look at people's tolerance for chaos. And because what that does for us is it allows us to understand, like if you're burnt out at your job, sometimes it's because you prefer structure and the uncertainty generally is very heavy, weighs very heavy on you. But sometimes if you're feeling burnt out at your job, it's because you actually prefer to work alone. And in the Zoom land, you have to be, people want you on Zoom calls all the time or Teams or, or whatever. And so the trick of the matter is they're both burnt out, but they're burnt out for very different reasons. Mm. And so we can't, there isn't sort of this one size fits all solution, which I think is why we're seeing no matter what we're trying, it just doesn't seem to work. Whatever, um, you know, CEOs, will, maybe they try to have a day of no meetings. We've seen that sort of trend happen over the last six months. Yeah, yeah. And, 
yeah, to give people a break from the Zoom, right? So, so we are trying that, but there are people that are wired to see other people and them not getting to see people on that day is actually adds to the stress in some right. ways. So it's really important to kind of have a sense for who's on your team, because often we assume that people work like we do. So if we're running the company or we're running a large team or organization, we assume that people at their core have kind of the same orientation about how we like to work and, and how we deal with when we're busy and stressed out. And that is absolutely not the case. In fact, most mm. of the time, our senior leadership has some very, very different ways they think of the world. And if you think about it, of course, it makes sense because some people are excited about the chaos and embracing change and being, you know, the squirrel that's always chasing the new great idea. And there are some people that are like, nope, I'm fine going to the same bar and having a beer with the same crew for most of my adult life. That's They thrive in that stable environment. Right. And so we really have to get a better sense of who's on our teams. How are we helping create an environment where they can thrive? Um, because otherwise we're creating this artificial environment that no one's ever worked in and most people hate it. And I would say in our analysis, probably, I think it's around 83% have some degree of challenge with the new environment based on the way they like to work and how they like to work in a team or, yeah, or in structured that is, environments. That is a huge number. Wow. It yeah. is a huge number. And, and that's, but we can feel that huge number, right? Like there's very few people who are truly saying, you know, I'm cool with this exactly how it is. I mean, a lot of people are saying, I'm happy to not spend two hours on the road every day to drive to the office. Those pieces feel good, but how we're getting work done and how we're connecting with our teammates, you know, we've kind of burned up all of that good culture that we've built in our office right. as we distributed to our homes. So now it's like, how do we maintain relationships away from each other? And that's the piece we're not quite figuring out yet. Mm, mm. You know, what's interesting, too, as, as you were talking and you mentioned about how, uh, say, like a CEO might have a different um, perception on how everybody else runs based on how they run. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, I, I read something once about how many CEOs tend to be the extroverted type. And, you know, and that's great because they're in that leadership role and, and they thrive on the energy coming in and it all works out. But a lot of people uh, would not be in that um, extrovert role and, and would really need different, you know, environments um, to kind of function at their yeah, best. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to thrive. And, and actually, it was really fun. I, I worked with an um, executive team of a large um, IT company in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area, and their executive was actually more order tolerant than other people in the room. And so he and a little bit doesn't need to be with around people that much. He's not necessarily introverted, but he's much more self-driven in the sense of he doesn't need to check in with people and he's okay um, doing what he thinks is best. And, and everyone in the room was like, no way. And we walked through it and they're like, oh, this makes so much sense because often we assume that the executive in the room is the outgoing chaos you know, big idea person. And here this gentleman had gone up through his career 
through the technical side and really was much more structured. And he was always trying to balance that chaotic environment. So mm-hmm. it really gave his people insight into how he works. And so yeah. it was a really eye-opening. So, so that's the trick is that we all, that we, we have, there's some general patterns that if we're aware of, we can do a much better job of connecting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and it's funny too, as I listen to you and, and you, you know, you're talking about this tolerance for chaos and, and mm-hmm. how someone may be more order tolerant than another and all that. It really, in a way, comes down to, oh, well, let me say this also. If we are in this time of uncertainty and we're getting feedback from somebody that doesn't match our expectations, we can take it on in a way that is counterproductive, right? Personal, you know, we- I talk to my 13 year old about this all the time. It's not about you. <laughs> Don't we all revert to that? Right. It's like, it we're is. almost like a great, is it me? And so the more we become aware of these kinds of things, like, Hey, that's just how he runs. This is all within, you know, normal operation here, the better we can really go ahead and function as a team. So that's really awesome. I love that. So tell me then if, if we, we have the, this kind of, you know, the, these differences in how we run, can you can we get into uh, and I love the story that you just shared to make it really concrete. What what other insights can you bring to to help us really kind of understand what other things might be going on, uh, you know, and maybe that will help us segue into some strategies as well as, as I said, as as leadership is planning for the coming year. Yeah, that's it. the really tricky part is, is that we really look at we provide a framework to understand human behavior and motivation. Right. So if you're seeing behavior that you're not understanding, that, you know, isn't the way you would react or it, like you were saying, like, is it me? Are they mad? Just in a very like casual example, the other day, um, my husband was at a local restaurant and we are friends with the owners and and we had kind of horse traded. Uh, we needed we borrowed one of their staff members to do a project and and the, and the wife of the owner team was a little bit grumpy and, and, and immediately he went into the spin of, Oh, is she mad at me? Oh, I wouldn't think she's mad at me, but maybe she is. And he had this whole big story made up in his head. And then it turns out that she just was up late with the sick kid and wasn't rested. And so she was just a little less, you know, um, friendly than she may have otherwise yeah. been. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. So yeah, I, I could totally relate to the effects of sleep problems. I got you yeah, there. <laughs> right? Exactly. So it's so crazy, but that's kind of how a lot of us revert. Now, we don't all think that way though. That's about 60% of us have like that. Uh Oh, um, Jennifer might be mad at me. What happens? The other 40% of us, we, they really don't think that way They're They don't connect in with that behavior intuitively. Mm. And so that's a really important distinction. I've got a CEO that I love working with and he is not a great communicator. And in fact, one of the um, one of the biggest challenges I would say for him is that he doesn't develop his people. They don't feel like he's really focused on their development. He doesn't feel like, like, and he'll admit hundred percent, like I'm not 
the person that's going to like go give everybody high fives. He's just doesn't wired that way. He expects people know what they're supposed to do. He expects them to go do it. And that's how it is. Now he's not a jerk. He doesn't not thank people or appreciate them. It's just that he doesn't feel like that need to like rally the troops kind of thing. And, Uh but, but most people want that personal connection. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's kind of a consistent challenge and we're seeing it expressed in many ways. Like, um, there was an issue that needed resolving and his people are very busy. So instead of checking in with them or saying, Hey, I'm going to just jump in and solve this, he solved the problem. And then we heard from like the vendor that the problem was solved and nobody on the team knew what was happening. Mm. And so while you and I might think, Oh, or they might think, Oh man, that jerk, he's not even telling us what's happening. You know, it's really wasn't that at all. His intention was good. His intention was to protect his people from more work, but yet he didn't think about how they might read that because he's not wired. Now you and I would be like, I'm not talking to these people until I check with my team and they know what I'm going to say and what's the right thing. And so some of us are team oriented and some of us aren't. And that's another key thing to be aware of in sort of how people react and how the behaviors you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because a lot of times when people are leaving a job, they're talking about satisfaction and and the communication is a huge part of that, right? To, you know, to make sure that somebody knows uh, how appreciated they are. And then also, you know, certainly in words, but also in actions and whatever. So I think that's, uh, you know, such a such a huge part. So if we're here and we're in this this great resignation or this great reshuffle and people are, you know, leaders are really looking to um, retain their employees and really have that great culture that allows them to, you know, do perform at their best, really. What, what are some really concrete things? How do we get to this level of awareness? Yeah. I was reading an article kind of reemphasizing what we all know, which is, We cannot, as leaders and executives, we cannot control the things about, I want to go live by my parents. I want to give my kid a better school district. I want to live in the country. Whatever the trends are, we don't have any control over that. However, um, 50% of the time, you know, plus or minus a few percentage points, even today, people are leaving because of their direct supervisor. Hmm. Period. Period. So if it might not be a hundred percent of the reason, but if you don't feel like you're valued at work by your direct supervisor, there is no reason to stay. And if you have all these other reasons to leave, then you're not going to stay. So what executives and leaders can do immediately is to start looking inward to their management team, their supervisory team, even like we, we work with supervisors a lot because if you don't train that first promotion where you lead people, even in the largest organizations, if you don't train them how to understand people and support them and create an environment where they can thrive, then you're going to lose people immediately. So if you have turnover anywhere in your organization, especially if there's consistent patterns like this team, we're losing people in this division all the time, or we're losing people at the Chicago office or whatever it might be, there is an issue with your management. I promise you mm-hmm. there is. So be, re- be willing to be self-reflective about what messages you're sending to your management and your leaders, what pieces they, might they be missing? How can you help your management 
connect better with the, with the groups of people that are leaving in droves. And frankly, if you have an executive team that are turning over, look at, look inward about how your, you're dealing with all of this uncertainty yourself and how they might be different than you and how the messages you're sending might not be resonating with even wow. your most um, immediate reports. Right, right. Wow, that that is uh, very, very insightful. And and to take it back to uh, what we were talking before about different orientations, mm-hmm. like extroversion. I mean, I would imagine, and tell me if if this is correct, that regardless of your orientation, you, there is still some um, trainability, for lack of a better term, right? Like awareness building and 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 skill building in that people sort of management area that that anybody could can accomplish. I mean, is that is that true? It is true. It's of course a big part of that is are you open to it, mm. right? It doesn't matter. We we do a we actually have an assessment that we provide, and it's. It's really interesting because we show everybody's results together and you can have a sense of if you're a total outlier or if you're in the middle of the group. But regardless of what the results might show, you have to be willing to look at that through a new lens to say. And and the nice thing about thinking about the chaos tolerance piece and if you're team oriented and some of those things is that that takes the ego out of it. It's not, Mm -hmm. are you a good manager? Are you, even the introvert extrovert thing is loaded. Now it's been around so long. It's like good or bad and like judgments always happen. And no matter how much you tell them not to. Um, And so the important thing is that it allows us to say, oh, it gives us, allows us to give people grace. Like Jennifer um, Eggers, who recommended me for the show, she is more order tolerant than I am. I'm very chaotic and we've worked together in the past and she needs to go through the agenda and the plan in very detailed way. When we work together, I don't care. I'm like, you know, what? our <laughs> goals, yeah, you know, like our goals for the session are these three goals. That's what's going to support the executive that's hired us. This is how we're going to go forward. So for me, as long as we have kind of a general outline of how we're going to get there and make sure we get there, that's all I need. But she wants, she's much more structured. She's wildly successful. Um, And so just that very little thing in a one-on-one, like I have to do a lot of self-talking, like, nope, I have to, this is what Jennifer needs. And so we're going to spend an hour making sure we're on the same page. Now me, I'd just be like, go for it. I'll Uh jump in, but that's not how she thrives and so she, that's how she connects with people. So right. it's really, you know, it's, it's funny as I'm listening to you, it almost sounds like uh, not only would this help people lead better, but to help them have better marriages, <laughs> you know, oh. just better, right. Relationships oh. all around, right. When so you, when you, much. yeah, right. You build that awareness and that's when, yes. that's what builds your tolerance to, I, too, because if you can say, Hey, this is just what this person needs. Okay, fine. You know, it puts yeah. you in a different, different mindset. Totally. You know, and there's always that what everyone says, I, First of all, I would say, yes, every single person we've ever worked with says, can my spouse or partner take this test? Right. Um, And of course, but what we really see is the balance of grace and empathy and accountability. So every time we talk about this, what somebody in the room is like, well, that just lets people get away with anything. Right. Because, yeah. So you have to be really aware that it allows you to have grace. So if someone needs that structure that I don't need, for example, but if that, but that doesn't allow 
us to have analysis paralysis where she likes order. And if she gets so in the weeds and we can't make a decision because she's too detailed, well, we have to elevate that back up. So the amazing thing is, is we need each other. So the chaos people need the order people and the team people need the self people because we all bring different talents. So it's not about what's perfect or do I need people around me like me? What we really need is to understand who we have with within our space and our team and our executive C-suite and how they thrive and how we can lean on each other and support each other in ways that create high performance, you know, hitting those KPIs before you even mean to, you know, like those are the, we are all about less about group hugs, more about creating an environment where your company can really be successful. Oh, and that's the name of the game of what we're talking about right here. So I I totally appreciate that. Wonderful, wonderful. And I love to, you know, grace, empathy and accountability. Those are three perfect things for just really, you know, having having good human relationships, which obviously you need if you want a business to be successful, especially absolutely when we have so much uncertainty. Great. So let me ask you as we come to a close here, let me ask you two questions that I'd like to ask everybody um, uh, that I get to talk to here on the Counterfeit Sleep podcast. So the first one, uh, Rachel, is uh, if you had the opportunity to put up a billboard with a message, you know, specifically for, for, for leaders as they're planning for the coming year and as they want to maintain the success that they work towards, what would you put on that billboard? And of course, you know what a billboard, it's, it's a relatively small piece of real estate and we go by pretty quickly. That's really tough because um, I have some good ones, but I think the one I would try to fit up there. So you have to forgive me. It's probably a little long for a billboard, but it's basically you the results you're getting, your company is designed for. So if you want to change your result, you must change something internally. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Whatever whatever you're getting is a result of the design. So yeah. Of the organization. Yeah. Because if you design it to be too relaxed for your team, then they're going to fall down. They're not going to understand how to be successful. If you design it to be too constrained and you need creativity and more more chaos to grow the company, then that's not going to work either. So whatever results you're getting, your company is designed to give you those results. And then you have to go on a hunt to figure out which pieces need to be adjusted. Yeah. And that actually makes me think about what you said before with management, when you said, you know, if you, you basically right from the get-go to make sure that they're set up to do what you want them to do and Mm -hmm. that that's design right there. Uh, So all right. Awesome. Right. I love it. If we need to, we'll put two billboards. That's if it's right. Wrong. We might like to do two billboards. Yeah, that's maybe it, right? three. One of yeah, those. Whatever we need. We'll, we'll, we'll design it for the results we want from those that's, billboards. Right. That's right. I love it. Oh, perfect. Okay. And then the last one is, is a, a, just a short question. It's just, um, so where would people connect with you? Where can they find out more about what you do and, and, and uh, you know, how you might be able to help them? Well, the easiest thing probably is just to grab me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm open to connecting. We're, we're everywhere on the, you know, we have the social media team, so it's kind of crazy, but my company is Rose Group International. So, um, but find, find me on LinkedIn. We'll put the link in the notes or whatever yeah. we need to, so you can find me, message me. I'm totally open. I actually read all of my messages. So 
would love to hear from people. Perfect. All right. I, I definitely will put all of that in the show notes then. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing all your insights and, and thoughts on how we can really help leaders plan now for the year of success that they want, despite what, uh, what we're living through. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.